we are conditioned by society that when you're in school and you're struggling in a subject, if it's your perceived weakness, Mm -hmm. you do everything you can to make up for that weakness, to compensate. You get tutors in that subject. You study harder in that subject. And it's exactly the opposite of what you're saying, Robin, which is when it's your strength, you go after that strength, really lean into it and sort of let the weaknesses fall away. In human design, there are people who will have strengths that are your weaknesses. We're meant to work together in community and really understand what our innate strengths are versus our weaknesses. So human design is a lot of deconditioning. Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast. I'm Robin Pino, formerly known as Baldwin, an essential oil educator, blogger, author, yoga teacher, MS thriver, and newly twin mama. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a show that will inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. We'll guide you to create more work-life harmony for yourself, discover tips and tricks to achieve your goals and dreams, all while taking the best care of yourself. Now, on with the show. This show is brought to you by doTERRA Essential Oils. As an essential oil educator, I partnered with doTERRA in 2016 to diversify my income with them. I was drawn to the oils a few years before when I was diagnosed with MS and gifted an introductory kit with lemon, peppermint, and lavender essential oil. At the time, as I was learning to live with MS, I knew I needed to get better quality and quantity of sleep. So I started using lavender in my Epsom salt baths every night to signal to my body that it was time to go to sleep and the rest is history. I educated myself on the potency, purity, testing, and sourcing practices and discovered the company's heart of gold. So I'd like to do the same for you. I send out samples to anyone who has not yet tried doTERRA oils and you don't yet have a shopping account with them. So find me on Instagram. My new Instagram handle is at Robin Pino and that's P-I-N-E-A-U-L-T. Send me a DM saying I'd love to try some oils and then let me know one health pain point you're trying to solve. Send me your shipping address from there and then I'll pop a care package in the mail for you. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 200. All links and show notes can be found over at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we have Nadia Last. Nadia leads transformational work through one-on-one mentorship, group work, human design readings, and community healing events. She also hosts a podcast unpacking the changing energetic currents of our collective consciousness called The Current. So her podcast booker reached out to me and asked if she could come on the show. And it was perfect timing because I'm doing a topic series on human design. And when I took a look at Nadia's profile, there's just like a full body yes. And you'll learn that in my human design, my strategy is to respond. So when asked if she could come on the podcast, I responded with yes. (laughs) And when we got on, I wish I had started recording from the start because there was this like energy on the call when we started chatting on Skype. And oh, I don't know how to describe it. It was just like full excitement. Um, it was one of those like friendship at first sight moments for me. Like I just want more of Nadia in my life. Uh, and I don't know if that's creepy, but I'm just like stalking her on Instagram now. I'm like, hi, can we hang out more? <laughs> but um, so she takes me through my human design reading. So you'll hear a lot of information that's very specific to me, but we try to make it very useful to everyone. So she goes over like what the different energy types are. What does definition mean? What is an inner authority? What are the different types? What are, what are the strategies, not self themes? 
Um, and then we get a little specific into my incarnation cross. Uh, we don't go like all through all the different types because there's so many different ones, but, um, I hope that we made this as useful as you, as useful for you as possible in terms of like what to expect. And then if you want to dive in more then I urge you to book a reading with her, I'm going to book a family reading with her to do my husband and the two twins, um, so that I can support them better in who they are meant to be in this world and how they're supposed to show up. Um, so yes, if you are very, very curious, then I would urge you to then book a specific human design meeting for yourself. What I love about human design is it gives us permission to show up more in the world as we are, like as our innate sense has always been before the world told us who we were supposed to be. And if you if you're in a journey of like unlearning what the world has taught you to be, then this is an amazing way to kind of give your permission, give yourself permission slips to do so. Wow, I'm struggling over my words today. Um, yeah, so let's just get right into it. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Nadia, to the show. Thank you, Robin. I'm excited I, to be here. I wish I had been recording from like the time we started Skype because you are such a beautiful human being. And I wish, like, I can't wait for people to hear this. I'm, I'm way too excited. But let's get into the basics. What do you think of the definition of an alpha female? And how are you one? Mm, I love the definition of an alpha female. I think it's long overdue in our society. And I'm happy that you took the time to define it. I actually, it's funny because I read it and I was so struck by it that I took a few notes. But the things that I love the most are choosing ambition and pride, choosing ambition and not being ashamed of it, um, but actually really owning it. I love the concept of being the brightest star in your own constellation. It's basically that you are the, the brightest star on your hero's journey. But the thing that I love the most is staying true to your authentic self and your mission. Hmm. And I actually think that it ties so beautifully into human design because often, and this was me for much, much of my life, is, well, what is my mission? What am I here to do? What's my singular purpose? And Human design won't tell you exactly what it is that you're here to do, but it will absolutely remind you of what your gifts are. Mm. And that will give you a beautiful starting point to say, this is who I am versus this is what the world wants me to be. And how can I use these gifts to just continuously show up as the brightest star in my own galaxy, basically? Mm, I love that. Awesome. So how are you an alpha female? <laughs> I think that... uh from a very functional standpoint, the way that I've embodied an alpha female most in this year is I cut off all my hair. <laughs> and so <laughs> it seems silly. seems really silly. And for those of you listening, I, I just got sort of a pixie cut in February of this year and I always had long hair. And it feels like the embodiment of an alpha female because I was told by so many people, oh no, what is your partner going to think? Oh no, like, are you afraid what it's going to look like? And I just did it. Yeah. And I, I cut it all off and I feel more free than I ever have before. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just sort of bending my own societal and gender, gender norms. And it feels really um, empowering. Hmm. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Um, okay. So we are having you on the show so that you can, one, selfishly for me, do a human design reading. Um, but so that someone can kind of like listen in and witness what's involved in it. And then we'll kind of go through... Um, all of like the nitty gritty of what's involved in a reading. 
Amazing. Okay. So I'm going to give you the floor because I don't want to lead the conversation at all. Great. That's awesome. Okay. So Robin, I'm so excited to share it specifically with you because we have similar gifts. We have the same top four gifts in human design, which we'll talk about, but they're in a different order. So it's so beautiful to see similar energy to mine coursing through your veins, but expressed in a completely unique way. So when I looked up your chart, I kind of did a happy dance. Um, (laughs) So so just start human design as a system of energy. And what I mean by that is that at the moment that you were born, it's very wild, but you were sort of programmed by the energy that's on the planet at that time. And so you're a cancer. You know that you're a cancer sun. You've always known that. That's usually what, as far as our sort of astrological knowledge goes in in the mainstream. Human design is basically a personality test on steroids. Mm. It takes... Western astrology, which we're sort of familiar with, Mm -hmm. the Chinese I Ching, the Book of Changes, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, and also the Hindu Chakra System. And all of these systems were sort of channeled in different parts of the globe. And human design is actually the synthesis of all of them. They actually work together. They stack on top of each other and tell you so much tactically about how it is that you're meant to move through the world. Hmm. What are the gifts that you came into this lifetime that I believe our souls chose to help you in in building your business and showing up with your family in partnership? How do you make decisions? Um, What is the best way that you can actually seek out partnerships? How are you here to take on energy from the world around you? And where do you create innate energy within yourself? Hmm. It sounds esoteric. It sounds like a woo distant thing. Yeah. But in practice, human design is so, so, so tactical in mm. your day to day life. Yeah. The As I start learning more about it, um, I get so much more out of it, especially listening to people doing other readings or just talking about their own energy type. Um, because, yeah, I'm a cancer and I've always known that. But for me, like application wise, it's like, okay, I have a, you know, a hard shell and I'm super emotional, but cool. Like what does that do for me? So I love how people are applying human design to, um, yeah, give us permission slips, uh, to show up in the world as we're meant to, um, and just kind of give us a different understanding of who we are. I'm obsessed with personality tests. So it just kind of goes along that I would be obsessed with this too. Um, but I, I talk all the time and I think I've shared on the podcast that I love the Gallup strength finder test because it says, here are your top five strengths work in these, like stop trying to fix your weaknesses. They're your weaknesses for a reason. Um, don't work in them. So I like that about human design too, celebrating, um, the things that you can be super proud of and you're like, yes, I get this. Yes. I, I wanted to like mm-hmm the whole time that you were speaking, which is a generator quality by the time, by the way, which is your type. Okay. Uh, it's really sort of like engaging in things like mm-hmm or uh-uh, like it's your gut sort of responding in the moment. But yeah. the first thing I want to say is that we are conditioned by society that when you're in school and you're struggling in a subject, if it's your perceived weakness, Mm -hmm. you do everything you can to make up for that weakness, to compensate. You get tutors in that subject. You study harder in that subject. And it's exactly the opposite of what you're saying, Robin, which is when it's your strength, you go after that strength, really lean into it and sort of let the weaknesses fall away. In human design, there are people who will have strengths that are your weaknesses. We're meant to work together in community and really understand what are any strengths are versus our weaknesses. So human design is a lot of deconditioning. Okay. 
It's knowing how was I programmed by society, by my parents, by my teachers, by school, by you know my corporate job, and how can I sort of unravel all of those stories that I was told for so long mm-hmm. just to get back into my innate current. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying about being a Cancer, I would say that the zodiac signs, which are just like a month long energetic portal, right now we're in the season of Leo they aren't as helpful. They're just an umbrella energy. Mm. For you, you're a specific flavor of cancer energy. (laughs) You were born under the gate of details, okay? which is this incredible ability to basically go into a morass of information and come up for air and share with conviction what people need to know. Mm. So in your podcast, for instance, you could basically span all of these different topics that all of your show hosts come to you with. And you're like, here's what my listeners need to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like you're not interested in, in making things overly complicated, but you can go into the details better than most. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating because I do that all the time with my autoimmune disease. And when I explain things like reducing toxic load, I'm like, I could tell you all about T cells and what they do in the body, but I'm going to give you the simple science that if we create a beautiful, uh, like simplistic environment for our body, our bodies will thrive and then our T cells won't attack our body. So like, that's what I I do, um, in that aspect. So that's fascinating to hear. And that's what people receive from you is trust that you are, you have this depth of knowledge and mm-hmm. the things that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. but you're not going to share more than the person is interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've always been very succinct and short in my in my life, and it's uh, given me trouble in the corporate environment because I've been told I've been very blunt. But I'm like, I'm just I'm just giving you the little bit of information <laughs> that you need. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want any more of this. Yeah. But that's your innate gift, and and that's what's so beautiful about human design is you might forget and think that everybody else is like that. Mm. But your brain works in a very unique way. When you're reading all this detail, you'll remember and retain it, but you'll be able to selectively share based on the context of each situation. Mm. Interesting. So let's talk about, is it energy type? Is that the right label? Okay. So there's four, four kind of five different energy types and the majority of the population is generators. So I'm assuming a ton of people listening are also going to be generators. So what does that really mean other than the fact that I, I like to work, <laughs> <laughs> which I love it. I, I will never know what that feels like because I don't have what's called my sacral motor defined. Okay. And in human design, there's this, um, if you're actually looking at your body graph, it's the second from the bottom, this shape, it's your center or chakra. Okay. And if it's colored in red, you have a defined sacral motor. And what that means is that you have consistent access to life force energy you, Robin, literally get more energy as you do the work that you love. Mm. It's it's what makes you a generator because your energy regenerates itself as you use it. It's almost as if you got into your car and you were so excited about the destination you were driving to that your car got more gas in its tank as you drove it. Mm, that makes sense. It's, it's your superpower. And you could forget, you know, you mentioned that most of the population is generators. That's true. They're either manifesting generators or pure generators, which you are a pure generator. Okay. And you might forget that it's it's such a superpower. I have to work in spurts. I don't have consistent access to this life force energy. Okay. Um, 
So what makes you a peer generator is that you like to be left alone and sort of in (laughs) one lane at a time. You want to have one tab open on your computer. If you have more than three, you're going to be driven a little bit nuts. Oh, it stresses me out. But like, I can't close them down because I know that there's a task in there that I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But it's just energy. All your energy wants is to be left for long creative hours to sort of pour over a singular task that you're really excited about. Okay. Your energy is designed to achieve mastery. Now, manifesting generators are a little bit different. They love having 10 tabs open at a time. They're sort of like the hummingbirds where they want to move in between this and then this. They'll do something for 20 minutes, something for three hours, something for five minutes. And their energy, if you told them you have to choose one thing for the rest of their lives, they would, their whole body would shrivel up. They would die. Their energy needs to switch gears very quickly. Okay. So that's why... Whenever I try to multitask, I burn myself out. And when I'm a singular focus, I uh, fill up my gas tank much better. Yeah, absolutely. Because your energy creates more energy as you're engaged and achieving mastery in your life. Interesting. Awesome. Okay. Um, So then the next uh, thing that most people will see in a chart is strategy. What does that mean? So your strategy is every energy type, which we never went through all five of them. So there's generators, manifesting generators. So those are our sort of doers, our builders, and our creators. You have the life force energy to do and create things in this lifetime. Then there are projectors, and that's the type that I am. That's about 20% of the population. And projectors are our seers and our guides. They're the ones that as the, the generators are building, so I always use the example of ancient Egypt. So let's say the generators are building our pyramids in ancient Egypt and projectors are walking in between the pyramids, looking at one person at a time or one pyramid at a time. Their energy is very focused okay. and they can see people almost better than they can see themselves Hmm. and help sort of like subtly tweak their energy and say, Hey, you would build the pyramid a a bit more efficiently if you, you know, use this tool. (laughs) And so they're, they're meant to be the leaders and guide the process of building. No wonder you do readings. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I get to sit on my couch and and give people advice. It's, it's magical. It works so well for my energy. Interesting. And then manifestors are meant to be our pharaohs. They are the leaders. They have a vision for what's going to happen. Okay. And then finally, reflectors, they're only 1% of the population. They don't have any consistent access to their own energy. All of their centers or chakras are white, meaning undefined. They take an energy from the world around them. And they're super mystical beings. I just had a reflector reading yesterday and they're meant to sit at the center of the community building all these pyramids and they can sense the communal health. It's a really interesting, they're basically reflecting back the health of the community. Are we building these pyramids well and is everybody in the right job? Okay. What type of work are they usually doing in the world? Like what, uh, what are they best suited for? So it really depends on their gifts. Reflector energy could be used in a a variety of ways. The reflector reading I had yesterday was with a yoga teacher. And she was Mm -hmm. like, I love, I love group work. I love to be at the center of the room and knowing what everybody needs to sort of like stretch and the muscle to build. I worked with another reflector. They're very rare. Of the over 400 readings I've done, I've done maybe like five reflector okay. readings. Yeah. One other person was the right hand uh, of an of a organization to the CEO. And the CEO would always ask her, what do you see here? 
What do you see that I can't see? Yeah. Is everybody happy? Or are people really upset after this last project that we did? Huh. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. So generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. And each of those energy types has a strategy in life. And is it the same strategy? Like do all generators have the same strategy? Yes. Yep. So the strategies for generators and manifesting generators is to respond. Because you all are always responding to the world around you, you need to be initiated and sort of invited into an opportunity. Mm. You won't know, Robin, what you want to have for dinner tonight until you (laughs) see it. (laughs) I was going to say, I think I shared this on the last podcast. My husband does this all the time. He's like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, no, ask me if I want sushi or pizza. (laughs) Exactly. You need (laughs) options to respond to. It's like a running joke that two generators in a marriage, that's like their biggest argument. Yeah, I do relationship readings as well. And (laughs) people always laugh hysterically at that because it's a small thing, but it matters. Yeah. And so basically you need to be, um, you need to have something to respond to. Even this interview, you saw my profile and you're like, something about human design seems exciting to me. I'm lit up by this. And so I'm going to invite Nadia onto the show. Yeah. As a projector, the strategy is to be invited in. Okay. So projectors are teachers, guides, and seers, but they're not here to be the guide for everyone. They're here to be the guide for very specific people who see them and say, Hey, I have something to learn from you. Mm, Okay. So this podcast interview is a great example of an invitation. Mm. You asked me to be on the show. I was like, hell yes, I want to talk (laughs) to you in design. (laughs) And so that, that was correct. But projectors need to learn how to make themselves themselves visible. Okay. This is what I'm here to teach. This is what I'm here to guide and wait for the correct people to see them and say, I think you're my teacher. Mm. And then it goes from there. Okay. Very cool. Manifestors are are pharaohs, are visionaries, the, the people who are meant to sort of be on their throne and delegate tasks. They're in, uh, their strategy in life is to inform people. Mm. They're the only type in human design who don't have to wait for an invitation or for something to respond to. They see what they want to create and they yeah. go do it. Huh. And because they move so quickly and they're so independent and self-contained, yeah. their strategy is to inform the people around them. Like, hey, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just giving <laughs> you a heads up. This is what I'm going to do. So is that one of their struggles too? Is that they like they just do or they just tell and sometimes it could be un unwarranted. And they're just like, why are you telling me this? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's actually a deep wound for many manifestors because mm. imagine having a manifestor child who's so independent and they're off playing with a neighbor at the neighbor's house. And the parent right. is like, you need to tell me. And a manifestor's not self theme, which we'll, we'll talk about when you're out of alignment is yeah. anger is how dare you stand in my way? I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I don't need you. Yeah. And so they bump up against people all the time saying uh, like, don't tell me what to do. And yeah. it's counterintuitive, but just by telling people in their life what they're up to, Hey mom, I'm headed across the street to my friend's house. They pave the way for people to get out of their way. Cause that's what a manifester is just yeah. a train on their tracks. So this is why people do readings for their kids so they can know how to, yeah. All right. We'll do ones for the twins next time. (laughs) I can't wait. And they will, people always ask me about twins. It's so cool that you have twins. They're like, well, human design is a bunch of baloney because twins would have the exact same 
energy. And it's true. They do. I had a twin reading a couple weeks ago. However, you know, better than anyone as their mom, that they have very unique expressions of that energy that they were born under. Yeah, for sure. Like one already has, um, uh, the not self theme of anger. Um, and so I can see him potentially being, is it a manifester? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other one doesn't have that. When she gets frustrated, she just uh, goes and self-soothes. So um, they were born at different times. So like a, there's the, the, time, the time aspect that's different. Got it. That's so cool. Yeah. And then our, our last type is reflectors. Um, I want to make sure that we pay attention to our reflectors. They're always <laughs> the last one that's listed. My best yeah. friend is a reflector, so I feel protective of them. But <laughs> their strategy is uh, to wait a lunar cycle, which mm. is very wild. But basically, because they take in so much energy from other people and from the world around them to know what is truly theirs and what's right for them, mm-hmm. they need to wait a full calendar month Mm-hmm. so that they can understand, like, am I just being conditioned by what other people want for me? Or is this something that is truly what my inner authority is telling me? Mm, interesting. So they are potentially like very much drawn to new moon or full moon ceremonies because they can kind of mark the month that way. 100%. Interesting. Awesome. Okay. So not self themes, we already shared a bit of those, but going back to generator. Um, so mine is frustration, I'm assuming. Yes. Which <laughs> could be seen or experienced as anger. So mm. I would say that your son might be a manifester or he might be a generator mm. who gets frustrated mm. <laughs> because frustration can, you know, yeah. be an outburst as well. So frustration, because you're a doer, a creator, a builder, when your energy reaches a dead end and when you feel frustrated, like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this. Why did I agree to go to that person's house? I don't want to go. That's your energy telling you, you don't have enough gas in the tank for what it is that you agreed to do. And so as annoying and as frustrating as it can be, I always tell my generators, when you feel frustrated, that telltale sign, like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I feel like hitting my head against my desk right now. Mm. Just take a deep breath. Thank the universe for the signpost. Take a step back and say, clearly this isn't meant for me. Mm. So how can I make the next choice from what it is that I'm really lit up by and what my energy is telling me that it wants to do? Hmm. Interesting. I think I learned this the hard way, especially in like the work environment in my 20s. I would get an email and it might not have been like the best email. And I would always just like my strategies to respond. So I would respond really, really fast, but I was mad or I was frustrated and I would not respond in the best of ways. And so like I've had to learn over the years when you get something that you just are not happy about, you have to walk away. Yes. And your response in that moment was likely your body saying, "Uh uh-uh, like Mm. this isn't correct for me. And so you can respond either way. Yeah. But your body is responding either a, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to receive this email or a complete contraction of your body saying, I don't want anything to do with this email. Hmm. Okay. Um, so manifesting generators, are they the same? They are. Okay. Yep. So they're both sort of forms of generators. Manifesting generators are multifaceted. Generators are more sort of singular in their energy. Okay. Um, and projectors, not self-theme, is bitterness because they're here to give advice, because they're here to consult. If people aren't asking for their advice or if they don't take their advice, they will feel very 
bitter and resentful of those people. And when I read that bitterness was my not self theme, I laughed because I'm an older sibling and I was an incredibly bossy older sister growing up. And I remember (laughs) feeling so resentful of my younger siblings. Like, I know best. Why don't you listen to me? And the bitterness is designed to tell you that's not your person to teach. That is not your person to guide. So your energy is hitting a wall because the universe is telling you basically, don't give them advice. Wait for people who really want your advice. Um, so my best example of that is in my relationship. I tried to give my partner so much unsolicited advice when we first started dating. And he was like, listen, I love you, but like, I don't need, I don't need this. <laughs> and it's been helpful for me because it's kept my energy contained to then do it in my job. Huh. Interesting. And is it sometimes hard? Like frustration and bitterness are very like similar. Um, so it's like, how do you, um, I guess, see the difference? And I, hmm, the question is, I think the question I'm trying to ask is like, um, do you, do you sometimes experience other energy types themes based on who you're around? I think who you're around. Absolutely. It's so fascinating to see two charts stacked on top of each other Okay, because you can complete channels and gates for each other and sort of fill in each other's, uh, energy centers where, where you're, um, not typically defined. That's a whole thing. I do relationship readings, family readings that are so interesting. We can also be conditioned by the energy on the planet at the time. So we go through transits similar to astrology and human design and, you know, us being in Leo season right now, we can feel that energy. Yeah. And so that conditions us a little bit as well. And it's my belief that we're all a little bit of everything. Okay. We're all made of the same stuff, but human design just tells you where your energetic emphasis is from the difference between frustration and bitterness. Mm -hmm. Frustration as a generator is I want to do something, Mm -hmm. but this doesn't feel like the correct thing for me to do. And so it's frustrated because your energy is like trying to move, but it's getting stuck. For projectors, it's, I'm trying to see you. I'm trying to give you advice. I'm trying to help you out, but you're not taking it. And so it's like this really like sulky, kind of bitter in the corner, like, oh, you don't see me kind of energy. It's not that I want to do, it's more that I want to see. Okay. Very cool. Um... Did we do reflectors yet? We didn't do... So manifestors, not self-theme is anger. And that yeah. anger as a manifestor is... It's really angry. Like it's it's truly... It's not frustrated. Like I'm, I just want to do... It's like angry, angry. Like get out of my way. I am going to do this whether you like it or not. Hmm. Um, and it's so cool working with female manifestor clients because they're like, I've always felt that, but I felt like society was telling me not to be angry as a woman. Mm, yeah. So we do sort of like sacred rage reclamation for manifestor women where it's like, reclaim this part of yourself. It's creating your boundaries, which I think we can all learn from. Mm. And then finally, reflectors, not self-theme is disappointment because reflectors are meant to be at the center of the community. They, they want to be telling everybody what the health of the community is and every day is different for them based on the energy that they're around. They don't create any of their own energy. So every moment is different. And when they hold too high of expectations or when they're worried that because they're reflecting everybody else and they're terrified, people are going to forget about them. Yeah. They'll get disappointed. Mm. Are they people pleasers? 
Absolutely requires. I think all of the types can be depending on the unique placements of your gifts. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So then it gets us to your basically success code. When you're living in alignment, this is your guidepost that, that you're living according to your strategy. For generators and manifesting generators, it's satisfaction and deep soul level fulfillment. Like I would not want to be doing anything else with my days. This feels amazing. <laughs> For projectors, it's success. It's people seeing them and being like, hey, like I, I want you to work with me. And they don't even have to do that much. They just have to see and they're successful. Okay. For manifestors, it's peace. It's interesting because ang- manifestors have this anger. You would think that they would be, but all that they really want is peace and quiet to do what they want to do. Hmm. And then finally for reflectors, it's just living life in awe and wonder and surprise. It's like life is a box of chocolates. I have no idea energetically what I'm going to get each day. And it's just this like loving wonder being along for the ride. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, this is so cool. Um, all right. What's the, um, what's the next kind of aspect of a chart that you want to talk about? Oh, I would love to talk about all different parts of the chart. <laughs> so <laughs> we talked about definition, which I think was one of your questions, but people always talk about definition in human design. Definition is basically when you look at your chart and you see the colors, that is where you create innate energy within yourself. And then not being defined is where you see sort of like the white spaces in your chart. And that's where you take in energy from the world around you. So Robin, prior to this call, we did a short meditation because you take in a lot of energy from the world around you. You are deeply empathic and the energy that you do have innate to you, your definition is very badass energy. Mm. You have a very, very prominent intuition. Your spleen is very defined. I've actually seen very few spleens as defined as yours. Okay. So your spidey senses are pretty strong. Okay. You get these intuitive senses about people, places, things, situations. It's the thing that happens when you call someone and they're like, Robin, I was just thinking of you. Mm, Okay. So you have a very strong sort of intuitive sense about the world around you. Yeah. You also have a very strong sacral motor. So you do love to work and you love to do the things that feel exciting for you. Yeah. (laughs) And then finally, the last center that you have defined is your root, which Mm. means that you don't take in pressure and stress from other people. You create it within yourself in the same way. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when you wake up in the morning. You're like, I got to do something. I got to yeah. get things started. It's, it's our adrenaline. It's our pressure. It's kind of like the match that lights the flame. Hmm. Your sacral motor is the flame that is going for long hours at a time, but your root is the one that gets things started. Yeah. It's the uh, obsession with the to-do list and like having to learn to like do brain dumps so that you can like go to bed because like you don't need to do at all hours of the day. (laughs) Yes, totally. Although for you specifically, the, the flavor of what you feel pressure to do is the pressure to make meaning out of your life Mm. and the pressure to transform your Mm. life. I was, um, I was just talking about this with my husband. My, um, my grandfather passed away at 97 several years ago now. And my grandmother just passed away a few weeks ago and she was almost 102. And at my grandfather's funeral, I had discovered so many things about his achievements and accomplishments in life that he never shared with his grandchildren. Like he just didn't talk about it. 
Um, he was the president of Air Canada. He sat on the war cabinet. Like he was a very prominent man in society. And I looked at all of his accomplishments and I was like, Oh God, like I've got a lot of work to do. And I've had this like, um, kind of like subconscious thought that like, I need to do more. I've got to get like uh, achievements, accomplishments. Like I just need to have this. I need to set a legacy for myself. Like I've just had this like motor running since his celebration of life. Um, so it's fascinating to hear. Yeah. I have this, like, I have this constant need to do more because I'm very legacy driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one of my top five strengths is significance. Interesting. Yeah. It's so fascinating because you're using words to describe these two energies that connect your root to your intuition. So it's an intuitive sense. It can't even fully be explained, but Mm. there's something that's pushing you up and out, up and out again and again and again. Yeah. And I have one of the channels that you have, it's called the channel of transformation. And often people with this channel have like rags to riches stories. Mm. And that was definitely my story as well. It's, it's starting out in one place in life and knowing like, I'm going to go places. It's not even knowing fully where that comes from, mm-hmm. but it's like an invisible hand is sort of like pushing you up and up and up in your life. But what's so fascinating is that usually it starts on the material plane, but eventually you reach a threshold of how much you can do and achieve. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes spiritual. Mm. So a lot of people with this channel and live will realize, wow, you know, what I'm here to earth plane. And now I feel like I need to reach an enlightenment of sorts. Mm. So I'm excited for that phase. I think it yeah. might be coming for you because you have the gate of mystery all over your chart. So. Yeah. I did a psychic reading a while ago and she was like, you're meant for so much more. I'm like, I would really like to know what that is because I would like to, <laughs> I would really like to, so I can make my to-do list and get there. <laughs> um, and she's just like, you like, you have a very specific purpose in this world. I'm like, what is that purpose? Like, it's very frustrating. Again, not self-themed. Frustrating. It's very frustrating not to know. Um, I've had to spend so much time just like really embracing present moment um, and and gratitude for the moment. Because there's just this like ball of fire inside me that like wants more. And I don't know what that more is. Um, it's, yes. It's undefined for me. Um, well, it's so cool because you have to respond to it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need to see it and be like, that. That is, like, that is it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but back to the intuition. And this is fascinating because we talked at the beginning about how, you know, human design kind of allows you to see how the world has taught you how you should be. Um, and there are so many times in my life where I wanted to trust my intuition and then I didn't. And then something happened and I was like, oh, I should have trusted my intuition. So I've, I've had so many situations where I haven't trusted myself that I've lost that trust in myself. Um, so it's fascinating to regain it. And it's like baby steps. I do it in this aspect. I'm like, yes. And then I was right. I'm like, yes, I knew it. And then there's times where I like, I questioned myself because I've been taught to question my intuition and it wasn't right. I was like, see, I knew it. So it's like, it's a very interesting thing to talk about intuition with me because I'm definitely in a phase of life as I've become a mom, that it's becoming much more strengthened, strong, but it's still been deconditioned so much by this world. Yes, because 
beyond those three centers, all the rest of them, all six Mm. are open. So you take in other people's thoughts. You take in what other people are going to say. You take in other people's identities. You take in other people's egos and self-esteem and willpower and drive, even when it's not your own. Mm. You take in other people's emotions. That's a big one for you. You feel what other people are going to feel about the things that you do. So I love that you're talking about intuition as baby steps because we can build our intuition and our sort of like inner knowing Mm -hmm. in, should I take this route to work or this route to work? I kind of have a feeling this one is going to be easier. Or should I have this fruit or this fruit at the grocery store? And so those small decisions will allow you to stop really gaslighting yourself, which we all do to some Mm -hmm. extent, because it's these small sort of like whispers that you receive. That's what intuition is in human design. It's like a quiet whisper that's like, do this thing, call this person, show up to this event. And then when it pans out, you slowly build trust in these quiet knowings. Oh, that's so cool. So before we started recording, you said that you were very excited about, is it the incarnation cross? So what does that mean? (laughs) Yes. So in human design, you have four top gifts. And so you know one of your top four gifts is in the sign of cancer. It's your conscious sun sign. It's the gate that the sun was in when you were born. And we talked about that flavor of cancer energy, the most prominent in your chart being the gate of details. But you have three other top four gifts that woven together tell sort of the story of your life theme. This is the most mystical part of human design. Okay. It's called your cross of incarnation. There's a lot of kooky names, but basically what it means is this is your life path. This is the expression of your top four energies in their highest good. And so during a human design reading, at the very end, I will walk somebody through their cross of incarnation. And what I have them do when I read them, it's three paragraphs long. I have them close their eyes and drop into their body. And it's so cool to watch people hear their life theme because there's a softening. It's like at some level, our body remembers like, (laughs) oh yeah, that's what I'm here for. And so I would love the opportunity if you're open to it to read your incarnation cross and then we can talk about it. For sure. Are there any aspects of human design that you want to get to before? Because if you save this for the end, I want to save it for the end. Oh, yay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot more things. Okay. So I'm going to give you a few things to respond to as a generator and you can tell me what feels exciting to talk about. Okay. So we could talk about inner authority. Uh, We could talk about the different channels in human design, which are uh, what connects different centers to light them up. We could talk about the quarter that you're born under, which sort of like tells a little bit of a facet of what you're here to do umbrella-wise in your life path. Um, And then we can talk about the gifts, which is the top four gifts that you have we could talk about, and then we could talk about your cross. Okay, let's do um, authority. Cool. So one of the most magical pieces of human design, in my view, is that we do not make decisions in our mind. Our human brains are very, very strong, um, powerful computers, basically. Mm -hmm. But it's not what we make decisions out of. And it's very counterintuitive because our society today will tell you, just weigh the pros and cons and, and think through a decision. But human design actually tells us to use our minds to weigh the pros and cons to make lists, but ultimately to make the decision, we need to get out of our heads Mm -hmm. and into our bodies. Mm -hmm. 
And so in human design, we each have a different inner authority, meaning a body-based decision-making function uh, that we can access to make decisions. So for you, Robin, you are a sacral decision-maker. And so you need to trust your gut Mm. in every moment. Okay. And so if you're making a decision, like, do you want to go on vacation to this spot or this spot? your body will literally tell you, your gut will light up and get really excited about one option over another. And mm-hmm. if you're not excited about either, if it's just kind of flatline or you kind of feel like a, a contraction, yeah. then it's neither n- of those options and you need to keep looking. Hmm, interesting. Um, is this also very much aligned with the chakra system? It is, okay. yes. So most people's authorities are either in their sacral, their gut, and you can make instantaneous in the moment decisions like, yes, no, this is either a full body yes for me, or it's a not now or no. Okay. The other decision-making authority that that I have actually is called splenic decision-making, which which is your intuition. And so splenic decision-makers can make in the moment decisions as well, but it's not going to be as loud as the sacral. The sacral motor is really, really loud when you listen to it. It tells you yes or no. Okay. The spleen is more subtle. It's like a subtle knowing of do this thing, you're safe to do this or don't do this thing. It's like a spidey sense. Huh. Interesting. I, um, I really love, oh, I haven't listened to her stuff in a while though. Jess Lively. And she went really, really deep into um, being able to talk to your inner voice, I believe is the language that she uses. And she would do so many different sessions with people, teaching people how to trust their inner voice and how to talk to it. Um, which is fascinating to me because I think this is also how we are so deconditioned not to trust our, our gut. If, if that is our decision making. And also what has come to mind is, you know, if let's say my sacral is you know, imbalanced and it's, it's not rotating properly. Um, I would say like, that's probably affecting how, how we're showing up in the world in terms of our decision-making and and then we're making wrong decisions and we're not able to trust ourselves. And then we go through this, like this spinning. Yes. I have worked with so many generators who actually have gut issues. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's so weird that you're saying that my gut is my is my decision-making authority because I feel like my guts betrayed me. I've had gut issues for most of my life and human design is not medical advice, but I can't help but wonder the psychosomatic relationship. If we're not listening to our guts, Mm -hmm. our bodies kind of revolt because they're like, if you're not going to listen to me, you know, you're, you're keep, you continue to feed me decisions in your life that don't feel good for me. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm having liver issues right now. And of course, conventional medicine is not giving me any answers. And so I went to a shaman. I was like, okay, tell me what's going on. Like what's out of balance? (laughs) And she's like, you're angry. I'm like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So what do I do with that? Yeah. I was like, I need a to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) Give me something to respond to. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Totally. I kind of have a feeling, Robin, that you're sort of at this threshold of, I have done all the things, I'm checking the boxes, but there's still more. And so you're about to cross into this more esoteric, mysterious realm. Okay. Interesting. Um, Okay. So we talked about inner authority. Is there one, you said there's two, there's sacral and splenic. There are many more. Oh, there's many more. Okay. Those are just the two in the moment decision-making. And so those are people who can make decisions sort of like immediately, just kind of like instinctively. Hmm. Okay. 
Next, we have emotional decision-making, okay. which half of the planet has. Oh, okay. And if you have your solar plexus or your emotional center in human design colored in, mm-hmm. that means that you are an emotional decision-maker. Emotional center is very strong. And so what that means is that you are always riding your emotional wave. Robin, neither you nor I have this, mm. but half of the planet does. So okay. they just wake up some mornings and they're in a funk. They wake up some mornings literally on the wrong side of the bed and there's no rhyme or reason for it. And then some days they wake up and they're really happy for no reason. Like their emotions go up and down. Our emotions are fairly neutral. This is when we're, is this the triangle or the square that's in the, yeah. So it's not the square. It's the triangle. When you're looking at a body graph, it's on the right hand, the bottom right hand side, and it will be colored in brown. Interesting. I feel like my husband might have this. Yes. Yes. And it's so cool now because you will start to guess what everybody is in your life. And when you start and people ask me all the time, how can I learn human design? Mm. There are four books that we can include in your show notes that I recommend, but more than anything, just start looking up people's charts. There are lots of free sites out there. I use mybodygraph.com, but start asking people for their birth time, be that person and start looking and realizing, oh yeah, I have identified that energy from this person before. Mm. It's it's a very cool rabbit hole. So yeah. if your husband's an emotional decision maker, which you might have a pretty strong intuition about that again, <laughs> it's that he needs time to make decisions. Mm. In the moment, decision making is not correct for him. Your body's going to tell you immediately. Yeah. His, his emotions are going to be like, mm. Well, in one moment, I'm definitely in the mood to do this thing. In the next moment, I'm not in the mood to do that thing. And he has to ride out his emotional wave to know more often than not, what is he in the mood to do? Laughing, which causes frustration. Exactly. (laughs) If he's he's an emotional generator or manifesting generator, he's like, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it uh, well, it also causes frustration for me. So like I can make the gut decision. He can't. He needs to go and think about it. I'm like, oh, fine, I'll go do something else, but I'm coming back to you. <laughs> Especially if you're a generator and you want a singular focus, like let's make this decision now. And your root is so strong that you're like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all making sense. Wow. <laughs> I feel like cust- I feel like relationship. Uh, therapy needs to all be done based on human design. <laughs> yes, I agree. I've been feeling very called into doing sort of like premarital or mm. like renewing vow um, human design readings. Oh, that's very cool. Because I, I could go on and on, but in a very pithy sense, I think most relationships don't work out because we're trying to change the other person. Mm. Instead of just saying um, like, this is what it is. And I think people are doing it in small ways, you know, like... Um, the love languages quiz became very popular. And so we're looking at what people's love languages are. And we're like, this is my person's love language. I need to speak in their love language to fill up their love cup. Otherwise it doesn't work. So like we're doing it in small ways, but this is just very like all encompassing. A hundred percent. And you can, we're so quick to see our partner's deficiencies in our eyes. And I'm right. using deficiencies in quotes, but yeah. human design, it, it's like, I'm going to read out this person's gifts All you have to do is sit next to your partner, look them in the eyes and just love (laughs) the qualities that you may have forgotten. Like it's like dust off the shiny parts of them so that you can really remember why you fell in love with them in the first place and positively reinforce these qualities when you see them in action from here on out. Yeah. It's so, I've always talked about how, um, 
Like if I need something done in the house, because I've got my list of things to do and I go to my husband, I'm like, will you take out the garbage? And he like, he'll go and he'll do it because he also has the strategy to respond, but he needs me to give him the direction. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because I have a partner that's like in it with me. Um, then there's like, there's a couple times where he's like, can I do that in five minutes? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> because for you, it's like, you, you know, it's go, go, it's go. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Are there any other inner authorities you want to shed light on? Well, there are four additional self-projected is just, you need to hear yourself speak it out loud. And as you speak, you know, what's right for you. You don't want to ask for people's advice. You just want to hear mm. yourself speak. Okay. Then there's ego authority, which is 1% of the population. And my partner is ego authority, which means it, I call it enlightened selfishness. Like <laughs> they make decisions based on what's in it for them. Mm. Okay. And so I used to, our biggest fight for a long time was that he'd never picked me up at the airport. And if that's a love language, it's certainly mine. It's being picked up at the airport for whatever <laughs> reason. And I got so frustrated with him. So angry, so bitter, really resentful. Like, you don't see me, you don't love me. Like, why don't you want to pick me up? Yeah. But when I learned that he makes decisions like this, he was like, Nadia, why would I do that? Like, I'd, I'd have to drive two hours out of my way. <laughs> and, we've now reached this middle ground and we laugh about it a lot because his instinct is always like, what's in it for me? Yeah. And I, I've stopped taking that as personally. Okay. But do you like try to like trick him and be like kisses at the airport? <laughs> yes. like, that's what's in it for you. Well, it's funny because he has seen how happy I get now. He's like, what's in it for me is a very happy Nadia. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, and then the last two is uh, mental authority, which is also very rare. It's if you're a mental projector, meaning your top two centers are defined, your mind centers and nothing else. So these people are just kind of floating heads a little bit. And so they also need to speak out loud uh, with other people and they can hear some advice, but as they speak, it's going to come out different every time. And they just need to sort of like come back to things again and again and again, have many conversations with many different people. And then the last authority is for our reflector friends. It's lunar authority, which we talked about, which is really weighting things out, big decisions in your life, at least 28 days. Mm. Watch the moon go through all of its different phases. And you're going to feel slightly differently about the decision every day. Yeah. And you just need to take the average of all of those days to then make your decision. Hmm. So cool. Um, Okay. I know there's so much more about these charts. Uh, let's pick one more before we do the cross. What would you say is probably like the next fast like, that you light up when you tell people? Oh, yeah. I'm not a generator, so I will never feel that sacral lighting up, but I do get <laughs> very passionate about teaching people about their top four gifts. I okay. think that it's important that we talk about those before your cross of incarnation. Okay. So your top gift as we talked about, is the gate of details. And I'm actually going to bring up each of these things. Um, so gate 62 is really fascinating. It's the gift of being able to communicate the detail and facts. It's that your mind is focused on arriving in conviction and thought. It's going into the details and coming back with the information that people need to know. Hmm. You are able to name, concretize, and communicate a visual pattern. But you'll be able to pick up things more quickly than most people. Mm. You might get frustrated at people who aren't able to read a book and pick apart things to the extent that you you can't, but your mind is just very sharp. Mm. My top two um, my top two gifts in Gallup Strength Finder is input and learner. 
Wow. Yes, the input, because you can take in, you're like a sponge of information, but it doesn't just seep into your system. Like you're able to organize it into your mind in a way that people can't as easily as you are able to. Okay. So that's the energy that people feel from you, this cancer energy. When you just walk into a room, people can tell like, ooh, she has conviction in mm. what it is that she believes. And I, I trust her because I know she's gone into the details. Mm. The way you translate that is through your conscious earth sign, which for you is in the gate of mystery, gate 61. And so it's this, I love the gate of mystery so much. It's also your unconscious moon sign. So it's in your chart a lot, but basically you, most people's minds are either focused on the past or worried about the future. Your mind yearns for silence right now. Mm. And so if you have like an hour in the morning before your kids wake up, before your husband's asking for things, that might be your favorite time of the day because your mind likes to just sort of ask more existential questions, philosophical questions. What's the meaning of life? Why are we all here? What's the mm-hmm. meaning of my life? Yeah. What does my grandfather's grandfather's legacy mean to me? Yeah. And you, your mind just wants time to dive into the into the mystery of mm. life, basically. Yeah. And that's why systems like human design that can't fully be explained will feel exciting for your mind to chew on. Because it's something new to learn too. Yeah. Exactly. And I definitely have that. I have my meditation cushion back here and I get up at 5.30. The rest of the house wakes up at 7. So I have time to make my coffee and come down and I always do a meditation. And then um, one of my podcast guests, Taylor Simpson, has a journal and she texts out journal prompts every day. So I, and it's a different question. So I get to respond to a different question every day and write about it. Um, and yeah, it's just like, that's my me time. If I sleep in till seven, the rest of the day is less shit show. (laughs) Totally. And, and it's, you know, you need to respond and your root is so, is so wound up that you need that time in order to just sort of release some of that pressure Mm. to create meaning out of your day. If you've created meaning first thing in the morning, you're going to feel a lot more calm as you head into your day. Yeah, makes sense. So that's how the amalgamation of all these things kind of works together. It's so cool. So those are your top two conscious sun and conscious earth. And then your unconscious sun and earth, meaning you might not even be as aware that you are like this, though I have a feeling that you do because I can sense a lot of self-awareness within you. Your unconscious sun is called the gate of growth. And it's this ability to help other people and also yourself close cycles to really finish things out. I'm not sure if execution has ever been called a strong suit of yours, but you're able to be in in um, experiences and really know that there are more lessons to learn and sort of be able to see things through until they've ended. And you're able to, and this is my conscious sun sign. So I use this energy in my coaching practice where I'm like, hey, I can sense that you're really struggling in your life. Are you ready to interrupt this negative thought pattern that you've been in for so long? Like, are you ready to close this cycle? Mm. And so the gate of growth is often about new, new beginnings as well. You're like, let's close this chapter so that we can find a fresh one basically. Mm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wonder, I guess it's shown up recently. Like I had, I had a bit of a hard time transitioning to motherhood uh, and experiencing like the death of who Robin was before. Um, and as I evolve into who I am, like I had to, like, when I went back to work, 
I kind of like closed a door there and said like, now what's next? Um, but I had to do that to feel like I was able to evolve instead of, um, instead of just feel like I'm in the weeds all the time. I wonder if that is, um, 100%. Yes. It's the energy of knowing that there are certain chapters in life Mm. and knowing that you need to eke out as many lessons from each of those chapters as possible before you move on. Because if you don't learn those lessons, they're going to come back and bite you in the next cycle. But I have this, like, again, like the, I need it now. I want it now. Like, show me what it is now. I have this, like, um, I have to make sure that I stay in the present moment. Like that is a conscious thing that I have to focus on because I don't love, like I love reminiscing sometimes, but I am totally a future anxiety worrier because I have this like incessant need to know what's next. Um, right. So I have to focus so much on being present and in, in the moment. Cause I'm just, I will go through the list of things like for the rest of the day, for the week, for the next week. Yeah. Um, Which I think could likely be boiled down to this need this drive to leave a legacy. Like mm. what else is all of that for? It's it's specifically your pressure to create meaning and purpose mm-hmm. from your life. Mm-hmm. For sure. So super cool. And then and then the way that you take that gate of growth and translate it and contribute it in your lifetime is through the gate of continuity, gate 32. And it's this intuitive awareness of what will be successful or not for yourself and for others. Mm. And so that's what you're often thinking about is even for this podcast interview, like what will be successful here? Like what will be the best thing intuitively? I can sense that if we talk about this thing, it will reach the most amount of people. Just being able to evaluate other people's ideas and your own and intuitively sensing what's going to work and what's not. Okay. Very cool. That's awesome. That is your incarnation cross or sorry, your top four gifts. And now we're going to talk about your cross of incarnation. So let me pull it up really quickly. All right. So again, Robin, I think this is the most important part of human design. I'm going to read these three paragraphs to you. And for those listening, Robin, your only job is to drop into your body and feel how this feels, especially for your gut. Okay. All right. So you have the right angle cross of the Maya. Your life theme is to describe everything that happens in your world. You do this by observing the processes of growth and change and relating them to the underlying principles at work in our universe. You always know at least two ways of assessing and describing the same thing. Your meditation is to appreciate that not everything is as it appears, no matter how much you or anyone else thinks it should be. Scientific and religious belief systems are continuously reinventing themselves, and you have a gift for appreciating and describing alternative possibilities as they shift from one perspective to another. Your openness to shifting perspectives gives you a profound attunement to this great mystery called life and our place in it. When you are watchful, you can recognize absurdity almost immediately. Be extremely reluctant to suffer it for any longer than is necessary. You quickly penetrate through facts, beliefs, and concepts that are insubstantial or plainly inaccurate. It is vital that you not only stay determined in your quest for truth, but also maintain a healthy sense of humor while doing so. Life does not have to be such a serious affair, as many seem to think, and sometimes you have to stand back and disengage from direct involvement to get your own true perspective. In your life, your poise and changing perceptions are important. Last paragraph. 
with your conscious son in gate 62, the gate of details. You have an eye and a voice for detail. You can express things so clearly that as you direct everyone's attention, you might consider it impossible to to be misunderstood. Whether what you express is correct or not is another matter. (laughs) (laughs) You make others feel content as your clear and logical explanations of life anticipate future possibilities. From the understanding you provide, things can move forward and everyone will be well prepared for the changes that you sense are coming. Pay close attention to your type, being a generator, and your authority, your gut, and you will keep attuned to who and what carries the greatest merit for your energy and attention. Hmm. I feel like that is just like so apropos to like what is going on in the world right now. <laughs> like that's all I could reference it to is how I'm showing up in the world right now, what's going on in the world right now, the information that is being shared, not being shared. Um, but uh we chatted before we started recording about, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the, like the need to share what I'm going through. Is that the the mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I do it on Instagram stories all the time. And I always go back and be like, why did I need to tell the world what I was eating or putting in my diffuser? Like, I just have this incessant need to share what everything, um, <laughs> <laughs> it drives my husband nuts, but I'm like, I just need them to know what's in the diffuser because maybe they want to put it in their diffuser. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful. You're helping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, oh, it's the um, trusting my gut in terms of like who I need to share truth with, truth with, or what I've learned. That's been so apropos. Um, I used to want to always like share, share, share. Um, like, why don't you know this yet? Why don't you like, why haven't you learned this? And I'm just like, it's not meant for you right now. And that's something that I've learned so much over the last year and a half. It's just like, it's not meant for you when it's meant for you, you'll ask and I'll respond. Um, and so that's something that's been like a a very like present theme in my life right now. Mm. Your gut is never wrong. Yeah. And when you learn that that's your superpower, you and your gut will be best friends and you'll learn to trust even when your mind is like everything is lining up timing wise. Why don't you want to do this? Mm. If you trust your gut, you're going to realize your gut has more intelligence than your brain could ever have. Yeah. And my hairdresser the other day asked me and I was, and I was taken aback. She asked me for my opinion and I was like, Oh, do you want like, do you want to hear it? Like I will share it with you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I would love, I was like, I don't know if you're going to like this, <laughs> but I was like, you, like you asked now I have to respond. <laughs> so right. yeah. But like, it felt right in that moment. Cause I could have dismissed it because, um, I knew it wasn't going to be a shared viewpoint, but I was able to distill it into like three simple facts that I knew would po- possibly land. Um, in a way that would be understood. So that is definitely definitely the gift of details. That distillation of, I could talk about everything, but I I intrinsically know what needs to be shared right now. That's the gift that makes you, you. Mm. And so if you think of your cross of incarnation, that didn't tell you, Robin, you're going to run this company. You're going to do this podcast. You're going to be this person in the world. It just says, this is the energy that makes you, you. Mm. So if you can think of it like a checklist, in everything that you're doing, am I using my gate of details? Am I diving into the mystery? Am I going through phases of growth? And am I sharing intuitively what I know is going to be successful? If you if you can check off all of those check boxes, you're in alignment. And it's just going to be a greater and ever-evolving expansion of those gifts. 
Oh, that's so amazing. Um, so where can people find more of you? <laughs> well, I also have the same life theme as Robin, which is to describe everything that happens in our worlds. <laughs> <laughs> so I am really, Instagram is alive for me right now. You can find me at Nadia last underscore at Nadia last was taken. <laughs> 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 and NadiaLast.com uh, slash human design, you can get a reading if that, if you feel called, I love doing readings. I do relationship readings. I do family readings. I do <laughs> birthday readings. I do newborn readings. I'm just, um, I'm waiting for human design to get old in my business and it, it just hasn't happened yet. And I'm currently going to school to become a therapist. So I'm mm. adding that to my toolkit. I'm currently a coach yeah. and, um, I do one-on-one and group work. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your energy with us on this show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Robin. This was a juicy invitation as a projector. Have you downloaded the Work-Life Harmony Worksheet yet? In this free guide, I walk you through how to optimize five key areas of your life so that you can start designing your own work-life harmony. So from nutrition to supplements, sleep, stress management, and reducing your toxic load. I share tips and tricks that get you thinking on how you can optimize your life currently. So I ask you simple questions that just get you to rethink different aspects of your life. I walk you through a prior... It's so very much appreciated that you take this small effort to help this show succeed. 